Welcome back to the Global Digital Banker Podcast. This week, we focus on trust, simplicity, and transparency as a winning recipe for home lending. Our guests include Gerald Ferguson, Managing Director for Asia Pacific at RFI Group, Catherine Bray, Managing Director, Customer Engagement at ANZ, Angus Gilfillan, Executive General Manager, Consumer Lending at National Australia Bank, and Andy Rigg, Deputy CEO at Zinja. Up first, Gerald shares the data behind consumer trust within the market, the impacts of digital on how consumers search for loans, the importance of the broker channel and the future of the MFI. Gerald, thanks so much for joining us. No problems. Now, your presentation looked at trust. And just to begin with, RFI Group research has shown that trust is on the decline, but interestingly, at the same time, the intention to refinance has increased. Um, How are banks placed in this environment? It's a really good question. I think what we were trying to get across in the presentation was to say that we've been tracking trust for close to two years now, but specifically trust in the context of banking. And we've seen at the moment trust is at an all-time low since we've been tracking it, particularly again for the big four banks. So what we wanted to do was understand what that meant from a banking perspective. So what's driving that trust decline, but also what can banks do to help build that trust back up again? Importantly, when we look at that, if you ask around trust of keeping my financial information safe and secure, keeping my money safe, trust is still very much with the banks. So people still trust banks on the whole, to keep their money safe, to keep their financial information secure and safe, and and that hasn't really changed. I think what has changed and what the decline in trust is driving is customers looking at the value they get out of those relationships. So when I um, talk about the the trust at an all-time low, and we, we reference the refinancing becoming even stronger over the last six to 12 months, in Australia, that is very much revolving around the, the Royal Commission. There's been a lot of conversation about what banks have been doing in the markets. You know, consumers, for the most part, aren't really aware of the ins and outs of what went on in the Royal Commission, but they certainly held and heard a lot of bad news stories. So if I'm thinking about what I'm doing with a mortgage and there's a lot of stories around the big banks overcharging customers and, you know, not acting in the best interest, then, of course, I'm going to start to look at my relationship and ask my bank, you know, what are you giving me for my money? Am I getting the best deal out of you? and do I trust you as a lender? So what we've seen is trust come down, we've seen refinancing increase, but what we haven't seen is switching change that much. So switching remains relatively stable, about 10 to 15% will actually switch their mortgage to another provider. There's quite a lot of refinancing and, and internal workings going on. So what happens is customers will look at their mortgage relationship and say, why don't I have a three in front of my mortgage effectively and then go and talk to another bank but also at the same time talk to their their existing bank and say can you do a better deal for me and most of the time the bank will say do you know what yes we're going to look at that as a relationship on the whole and we'll say yes we can provide you a better relationship and and also you know playing into that is consumers are quite lethargic in Australia traditionally there's not a great deal of switching that does go on because it's seen as a hassle so when you put those things together Customers are looking more and more at their banking relationships. That's really the the kind of main theme we wanted to get across as part of that presentation. 
Now, the research also looked at the impact of digital, yeah. and you also highlighted how consumers are searching for the home loan and what sources they're using. So what are they looking at now, and how has that also changed? Yeah, again, it's something that has been shifting quite drastically over the last 12 months. We've seen a, a move away from you know the traditional, in inverted commas, uh, ways of researching a loan, which would be uh, you know, to walk into a branch effectively and ask about a home loan. We're obviously seeing that come off over the last few years, but we're seeing the rise of digital in terms of people using, you know, more sources of information when they're researching a loan. So Google, you know, as a broad kind of catch-all for the internet um, has come up in terms of researching. We've also seen things like comparison sites um, increase in, in usage. Uh, we're also seeing financial institutions' websites uh, increasing. So it's not necessarily that they're going away from the bank to research. It's more that they're using more channels to research. So they're trying to get a better understanding of the home loan process, but also what um, is included in, in a potential home loan offer. We've still seen you know, the importance of friends and family as a research point that remains steady. But the other big thing is that um, the broker channel, particularly in Australia, has, has increased significantly at that time. So we've seen branch interest in, in, in research terms come down, brokers increase significantly, and at the same time, using online or digital means to research home loans has increased as well. Now, that's an important note you made, Gerald, about the broker channel, because the research also highlighted how important they are to the market. So does that highlight that the mortgage as a product still demands a personal attention? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what the banks are trying to grapple with at the moment. So we see an increasing preference to do a lot of things digital, but at the same time, the mortgage still remains a fundamental purchase. It's a significant purchase for anybody, um, whether it's a first home buyer or whether it's an investor, it's still something that people want to make sure that they get right. Um, and at the heart of it, people are much more comfortable having a face-to-face -face conversation or even just a conversation um, with someone because they like to ask questions. They like to just make sure that they're making the right decision. So the broker has increased in usage and that has flown into how they inquire as well. And we sort of highlighted in the APRA stats have highlighted that close to 60% of mortgages are now originated through a third party. So you have the importance of the sort of face-to-face -face and the importance of people being able to ask questions balanced with that kind of preference to go digital as well. So a lot of the Neobank, Zinja, Vault, Athena, Home Loans, online lenders such as those build around that customer experience and that's a really important part of the conversation because if you can give the customer a good customer experience in that loan, then your satisfaction at the back end is going to be much higher but you've also got to marry that with the human element as well. And now also the research revealed another interesting finding that the MFI relationship's on the way. Yes. So what does the data show and the million dollar question, what does that mean for the banks? <laughs> it's probably slightly more than a million dollar question, I think. But yeah, it, it's, it's something again that we've been talking about um, for the last few months. It's something that we've picked up in the data that, and this is actually a, a global phenomenon that we're starting to see. Traditionally, the main bank relationship as we term it, has been always been a really big driver of acquisition, but also for customers to take out more products with that bank. If I have a relationship with a what I term to be my main bank, the likelihood is that I would take out more products with that, hold the, most of my assets with that bank, I would do all of my transactional relationships with that bank. What we're seeing is the role of the MFI in driving that product choice is coming off. So by that I mean, 10 years ago, uh, about 50% of customers might have gone straight to their main bank to take out a mortgage if they were looking for one. That is now down to about 
So that just means that customers are happy to have conversations outside of what was the main bank relationship, particularly around other products where they think they might be able to get a better deal. I caveat this with the fact that I don't think that customers will ever not have a main relationship. I think they will always have a central point in regards to their finances. The problem or the issue for banks that they need to overcome is what's defining that relationship. So in my mind, it's going to be about who controls and uses the data available um, around the customer the best. And if you can control the data and use the data in the best way, you're going to provide the best value to the customer or the best perceived value to that customer. So I think, yes, the, the importance and the role of main bank is certainly switching. Banks with traditionally large main bank relationships, and I'm thinking necessarily in the big four, will have to work harder to engage with their customers and make sure that they do come back um, to them to take out more product or at least inquire for new products because what you have is lots of other players in there utilizing data in a much more valuable way and offering a better customer experience and with customers happier to look outside that main bank relationship then there is a chance that they might take that product away from what was traditionally the main bank. Gerald, once again, thank you so much for your insight. Not a problem, Christine. Thanks for having me. Up next, Catherine shares the biggest trends in customer expectations from the past year, predictions for the year ahead, and the impact of CCR on responsible lending. Today I'm here with Catherine Bray, Managing Director of Customer Engagement at ANZ, who has just stepped off the keynote stage at our 10th annual Australian Mortgage Innovation Summit. Thank you so much for joining us, Kath. Thank you, Karen. So I loved how in your presentation you touched on that role of traditional banks play and the expectations shifting within consumers. And, and you touched on that the focus of the role is now not so much the loan itself, but the actual consumer, their needs and what they want to achieve and the home at the end of the product. So what have been the biggest shifts in customer expectations you have seen within the last 12 months and how do you see this changing in the next 12 months? Yeah, I mean, look, that focus on the home versus the loan is a really critical one. The loan is is so important, the availability of financing to actually buy the home. But that needs to be considered in the context of affordability, in the context of a lifestyle that a customer looks to maintain. And it's really our role as a lender to tease out that understanding, tease out that knowledge, so that you know that when a customer moves into their home, they can do so comfortably. It's also around the big shift in customer expectation in terms of the immediacy, the time to decision, the certainty and really the broader experience that goes around the loan including downstream actually meeting the needs of living in a home and not just providing the financing. Yes, service is definitely a major buzzword at the moment and it does come down to what do we experience, how do we experience it, is it seamless, is it efficient and and so from your perspective when we look at those attributes other than price, what does a good mortgage product look like for a consumer in the eyes of ANZ and yourself? I mean essentially this is a business that has played into three pillars to deliver a proposition for customers and those are price, service and risk policy. Now we certainly have never taken a position of leading in price, that's not where we want to play. Your policy settings are really your ticket to play, it is all about the service and it is all about your ability to offer assurance 
to break down what is a very complex policy and pricing environment for customers to understand and to offer certainty and reassurance along the way. And that is at its most acute with first home buyers for whom this really is complex and baffling. It's stressful, it's emotional, and your ability to go on that journey with them as a coach is, is really critical. And it's no coincidence, therefore, when we look at the ANZ home lending proposition, it is all predicated around that role as a coach. Mm, it's definitely a, a scary move when you're taking it out is. your first time. <laughs> you also touched on responsible lending yes. within your presentation this morning. And with the implementation of CCR coming into play, how do you see this impacting on responsible lending and that kind of expense piece and taking the customer on that ride? So there's no question that the industry as a whole is working very hard to digest what has been a very fast-changing regulatory policy and responsible lending practice um, environment, and CCR will be one of those. A little bit like the more detailed expense verification, which we're probably still in the thick of, CCR, we think, will be you know, there'll be a blip in our digestion in the very short term as consumers educate themselves about unutilised limits and um, how they need to prepare um, for uh, loan acceptance. Um, But in the long term, we will all be stronger for it. And then other initiatives, just like the implementation of CCR coming into play, we have open banking, open data. So how do you see traditional banking responding to initiatives like Mm. open data and changing customer expectations, particularly around that digital appetite? Yes, there is no shortage of change coming through our industry and it's as much as anything about the mindset within which you take that on. If we look at open banking as an example, and we are really at the beginning of that journey, it's really in its infancy in Australia, obviously still getting ready for it and probably still looking at it with a bias towards the technical standards Mm. uh, rather than necessarily the customer experience. Even in the UK, which is a little bit more evolved, it is still quite nascent. Customers don't really understand how it empowers them and participating institutions have not really figured out how you leverage it for competitive propositions. Mm. Nonetheless, those two things are crucially important. Educating people about what it means, how you are newly empowered with Mm. this broader set of data if you want to make preferences, switch your business, aggregate your accounts, whatever it is. And banks, including ANZ, must and will be putting the customer first to understand how does an enriched data environment actually allow you to compete more effectively. Mm. It's one of those things where you don't really know how it's going to play out until it comes into effect. We don't. What it definitely spells is the intensification of competition. Mm. And that's very good for raising the bar. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kath. You're welcome. Next, Angus explains the importance of the transactional banking relationship, along with the impacts and opportunities from changing regulation. Angus, thank you so much for joining us. Now, you just came out from a panel that looked at the customer for life. And on that theme, how important is the transactional banking relationship compared with the lending relationship? Look, I think most customers would say, who is their 
their main bank, if you use our terminology, but for them, who, who do they do most of their banking with? And they, they would say that it's generally their transactional banking relationship. But I do think that that changes over time depending on what life stage they're at. So whether they're early in life, pre-buying a house, pre-buying a car, that transactional relationship's really cool. But then when they move into sort of that stage in life where they are looking to enable themselves to do more things with their money, such as buying a house or buying a car, that's when certainly the lending can take more of a primacy in their relationship. And then as they pay down debt, I think that probably swings back again to the transactional side. Look, having said that, I don't think it's quite as uh, rigid as it probably was years ago. You know, my 85-year-old father still has his NAB transaction account that he had when he was 11, and, and he's been an incredibly sticky customer for life. If you look at millennials in the market today, I think we'll see a lot more switching, and it'll be a lot easier to switch as well. So financial service providers will have to compete a lot harder to maintain those relationships. Now, if we can flip it on the other side, then how can lending benefit from this transactional banking relationship? A couple of ways really spring to mind. So the first is being able to anticipate when the lending need is going to arise. So what's the customer's goals? How are they managing their transactions? Are they saving for that deposit to buy their first home for their investment property? And being able to anticipate the lending need so you can meet that need um, more effectively with the customer. But then where the, I think there's going to be a really big shift over the next couple of years is being able to use the data in the transaction relationship. And that's not just the data within your own bank, but it's data across multiple financial institutions. So open banking will enable, with customer's consent, a lender to understand the customer's income and expenses and do that much more efficiently for the customer to enable them to understand, can I really afford this loan? but then make it really easy for them to take out that loan with, with the provider. Now that's an important point you raised about the data angst because of course Australia is moving into open data world. So are you elaborate a little bit further and get it inside what sort of exciting services and opportunities to see coming from the... Yeah, we'll see how this plays out. I think probably the first really obvious example would be being able to see all of your banking in one spot. So. Today it's very tricky to get access to cross all your banking relationships to understand if you've got a credit card at one provider, a transaction account at another and a home loan at another. You generally have to log into three different internet banking. So open banking will enable you to aggregate that into one view. So being able just to view your banking and see all your accounts in one spot, I think it'd be a really good capability. The other opportunity would be very much around making it easier to provide a compliant loan to customers because you'll know more about them, you'll be able to position the data with them so rather than them having to tell you everything it'll just be so much easier because you'll be able to talk to customers around their data rather than spending time topping it out. And then I think the other really important aspect is comprehensive credit reporting. So having all of the different liabilities that customers have in one spot so if they've forgotten about that credit card or car loan when they've filled out the application it's all there and you can get a really good handle on their total lending and whether they can afford that. Now finally Angus the main MFI or the main financial institution relationship and concept has been a main theme in the morning discussions and um, you also highlighted that on your panel and you spoke specifically about the opportunity for banking so can you elaborate a little bit further on that? Yeah look I think I think the uh, MFI is something that bankers talk a lot about and do customers think about it and is it as important to customers? I'm not quite sure. I, I think in the past customers definitely had more of their banking with one institution because that was convenient. So if they were going to do their banking they could do it all in one place. 
I think as it gets easier to do your banking across multiple institutions, using digital capability, using open banking, using comprehensive credit reporting, I think it's going to be a lot more challenging for banks to have that MFI relationship and have the, the multiple products. So that's really the opportunity for banks is how do I make it as easy as possible to meet those customers' needs, but also to understand them better to anticipate the need, and how do I make sure that my end-to-end service proposition is seamless and easy for customers. All right, Angus, thank you so much for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And he details innovation and simplicity in home lending and potential opportunities from open banking rollout in Australia. Thank you so much for joining us on our show. It's great to have you. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Um, From your perspective, what is Cinture doing to turn the home loan experience around? What sort of innovations are you looking at at the moment? Sure, yeah. Well, it starts with listening to customers and the experience they go through when they're buying a house and when they have a home loan or a mortgage. So by breaking that down into really small bite-sized chunks, we've looked at what technologies we could apply to each bit of that journey to make that journey easier or to add value to it. That starts with knowing who they are. So is this person who they say they are, that they earn and can afford what they say they can? So we need to prove that um, various things like income, expenditure, liabilities, assets are true, because fundamentally behind all this, we have a responsibility to make sure we are lending responsibly. So as much as we believe every customer that's in front of us, we have to prove to ourselves they can afford what they want to borrow. That doesn't stop there though, because obviously then you're then into the property and being able to get insight around the property and insight around exactly the end-to-end future Uh, aspirations of that customer to inform a decision that means we can get them to yes quickly and put their minds at rest. Then once they've got that home loan, being clear what they've got, what their obligations are and how we can help them manage that home loan for best effect and ultimately how we can help them get rid of it quickest. There's also a lot of discussions on the panel about the importance of the digital experience but of course the home loan is also quite a complex transaction yep. how do you put the people into the process is how you're looking at doing so it, that? i mean it doesn't have to be complex that's the point by making it simple and really giving information simply and clearly and transparently and openly you can quite quickly demystify what is ultimately regarded as a very complex topic but if people do want reassurance or advice beyond the technology solutions, we have a team of people who they can connect to through chat, through voice or through video instantly as they're going through the application process and beyond. There was also a lot of talk about moving into open data yep. with open banking. Yep. What sort of opportunities does you see in this framework? Yeah, so open banking, you know, it's had some success overseas and certainly the UK as experience and is about two to three years ahead of Australia. It does offer an opportunity because what it allows to happen is a couple of things. It allows on one side us to receive data in openly and transparently, which enables us to make informed decisions quicker and better because we know in detail about that customer and we don't have to ask them to give us more. The other side of this though is the sharing of data. So it allows us to manage their consent to who we share their data with beyond banking, so into the utility companies and beyond into their life. That means that the whole process of home ownership can be managed much smoother and much cleaner, enabled by open banking. 
Now, Andy, of course, you came from a traditional banking background. What sort of skills do you bring to a startup like Sinjo? Yeah, I'm not a traditional banker, so I've been in banking for nearly 30 years, starting in the UK at a time when the broker market and the third-party market was emerging. And in fact, I was head of third-party lending for Barclays UK. I went out to Africa and ran retail banking in Africa. So at a time when Africa had never done home loans. So introducing home loans into places like Kenya and Botswana was a fascinating subject, but again, required innovation and out-of-the-box thinking. I came over to Australia and led some of the mortgage lending teams at NAB then into a non-bank lender with FirstMac and Loans.com, which at the time was one of the first telephone banking home loan services in Australia. So, and then to CUA, where we did a lot of innovation around how we could change that bank for the better. So my whole life I've been around changing and making things more simple. At the back of me is I'm a customer too. And I always try and think about this through why does it have to be like this? There must be a better way. And so to be offered the opportunity to join Zinja and without legacy and with a whole lot of technology, bring to life what I'd always aspired to do wherever I'd been. Andy, thank you so much for your insights. Thank Absolute you. pleasure to be here. We hope you enjoyed the episode this week. To view the show notes and for more content on the podcast, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. For updates on upcoming episodes, follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter at RFI Group. Or if you're interested in being a part of the show or would just like to let us know what you thought of this episode, drop us an email at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.